Now, we begin today with Orsi looking ahead to the very near future, which will see new Director General Kevin Backhurst officially take up his role on Monday. And we'll also bring both Ryan Tuberty and his agent Noel Kelly to appear before two Oireachtas committees on Tuesday. There's also the question of the long-term future of the national broadcaster as fears of a drop-off in payment of the licence fee and a major dip in advertising revenue raise further concerns about the financial viability of the organisation. Let me introduce you to our political panel in studio today. They are Peter Burke, Minister of State for European Affairs and Defence and Fine Gael TD for Longford Westmead. Mairead Farrell, Sinn Féin TD for Galway West and Party Spokesperson on Higher Education and Padre Tobin, Leader of Enthu and TD for Meath West. We're also joined by Pat Rabbit, the former Labour Party leader and former Minister for, amongst other things, communications. And Pat, to start with you, you know, Archie, you know its inner workings. Have you had time to reflect on the last few weeks and done a retrospective? Have you been surprised by what you've heard? Well, uh, you know, when the smoke clears and the current controversy like the dreary steeples of Fermanagh and Tyrone, there are two fundamental problems that will have to be dealt with. One is, do we as a people value public service broadcasting? And secondly, how do we fund it? Um, When you look around the world uh, in circumstances where facts are no longer sacred, um, two countries in the EU, Hungary and Poland, Uh, The governments want to bend the judiciary and the media to their will. Uh, Look at Britain in terms of the squeeze put on the BBC by the Conservative government, which cowed the BBC's coverage of the Brexit referendum that had such detrimental impact for the people of Britain and negative impact for these islands. Um, It's no better in the United States where the Murdoch Empire and Fox News are fomenting division and violence uh, and uh, are trying to facilitate the return to the White House of a charlatan who doesn't believe in the rule of law. Uh, The Prime Minister of Italy, uh, formerly who died uh, last week, had his own way of dealing with public service broadcasting. He had his own broadcasting uh, uh, corporation. Uh, I see he bequeathed 30 million uh, to uh, somebody who spent time in prison uh, for their relations with the mafia and has bequeathed as a legacy of a crypto-fascist prime minister in Italy. So this is the wider world that we're operating in. So I argue with conviction that we do need an independent space where we can interrogate the peculiar challenges that confront this country and our society. And we'll come back to what that independent space looks like and that future funding model. But as you have most likely, I'm sure, tuned into a lot of the hearings, read the statements, heard about the three inquiries, political commentators, politicians have critiqued RTE, the executive board, the authority, in saying that there's just been a slow burn, there's been a slow reveal of information, there's been some misleading statements, not all of it sometimes accurate or fully informed. And then there are still questions that persist. What are still the open questions for you going into yet another week where we're going to have more hearings on the future of RTE? Well, the biggest question that is outstanding is why somebody at the top of RTE uh, made the imprudent decision to underwrite a guarantee from a sponsoring company. Uh, And then when that sponsoring company defaulted, 
RTE decided to discharge the guarantee rather than pleading force majeure and then, to cap it all, decided to conceal the transaction and the beneficiary of the transaction, for whatever reason, uh, uh, decided to acquiesce in the deceased. That's the fundamental question. To be honest, questions about flip-flops and all the rest and so on have, have got little to do with the... Fun- there isn't an organisation in Ireland that you can subject to six different inquiries. I think it's almost six now that isn't going to turn over minor transgressions. But the problem for RTE is that the minor transgressions are coming out at such a pace uh, and is taking so long to extract the full facts that it is corroding confidence and trust and that must be cleared up. And and we know reference to Renault there, no way wrong of course in them stepping away for a sponsorship deal and we know more on that uh, will be revealed as we go through the three inquiries and more hearings on just the exact positioning there. But that dual model of a public licence fee and then the commercial model as well, that dual model funding, do you have concerns about what that does to decision making at the senior level of an organisation like RCE? To be honest, uh, I don't if it was properly regulated and managed. I mean, it is sloppy management that has got us into the situation we're in. I mean, the alternative to uh, it being argued, and it is being argued, that we should uh, close down the commercial uh, operation. Uh, If you did that, you're saying to the license pair or the taxpayer, you have to come up with another 146 million to fund public service broadcasting. And in the present political climate, I don't think that's realistic. I don't think the dual model per se. I mean, it is true that um, advertising revenue has been declining because there are cheaper options on other platforms available now uh, to the advertisers to segment the market and target particular segments that they are interested in. But I I find it difficult to see how other than a company... I mean, look at the BBC. 3.8 billion is their revenue from the uh, licence fee. They have, what, 12 times our population? 12 times 200 million from the license fee is 2.4 billion. So, you know, there is an irreducible minimum below which you can't produce quality public service output. And that's RTE's problem. When you reflect on your own period in government, um, you had a proposal in 2013 as Minister for Communications. We had Minister Richard Bruton in 2019 then with the Media Commission. And we then have a lot of public pronouncements from political parties supporting uh, for the large majority public service broadcasting. But is there a gap between that public support and political action, execution, implementation of proposals and ideas through the decades? Well, I, I know we forget very quickly but uh, people should remember the crisis, the existential crisis that the country was in when that Fine Gael Labour government came to power. And I greatly regret that uh, the proposal that I was ready to advance in respect of a premises-based public service charge, that it was derailed by the water charges controversy. But 10 years have elapsed since then uh, and there has been no action. And I, 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 frankly, I'm, I'm concerned about the government uh, being seen to sit on its hands and watch this spectacle unfold 
I don't think that's good enough. I, I would appeal to the Taoiseach to change his position when he said that he's not going to address the proposals from the Commission or in respect of funding until this mess is cleared up. This mess will not be cleared up until we go into an election year. And an election year is not the kind of year to seek to put public service broadcasting on a sustainable basis. And it's interesting this morning, we might play the clip now because Taoiseach Leo Vragher has been out in Clare this morning talking about the TV licence fee and it potentially being overhauled in this government. I hope people will still pay the TV licence. I certainly will. And not just because of the law, but because of funds. Uh, so much uh, valuable broadcasting, whether it's uh, the news, sport, Irish language, programming, drama, children's TV, uh, the RT archives. You know, that's the value. But it does need to be overhauled. It's a really uh, old-fashioned way of collecting revenue based on ownership of a TV, a device that many people just don't have anymore. And, of course, uh, almost all the money goes to RTE, even though there are many other uh, bodies that are involved in public service broadcasting. So I I think the reform is long overdue uh, and I want that to happen during this government. Um, I can see the political temptation to put it off for another government or another doll, uh, but I don't want to do that and I want to get it done and make sure that we have a new system up and running during the lifetime of this government. Pat Rabbit, I'll ask for your reaction to that in a moment, but I also just want to play a clip from the Minister for Media, Catherine Martin, yesterday when she was asked about whether she would urge people to continue paying their licence fee. I'm not going to advise anyone. I think what I'm saying is we must remember the good of public service broadcasting. We must remember the staff when people are making these decisions, the staff who are hurting, the staff who feel betrayed, the staff who need RTE. It is their job of work and provide that vital service and they should not be forgotten in this when decisions like that are being made. Pat Robert, just on the, that last clip, what did you make of it yesterday? Well, I think Minister Martin should avail of the first opportunity to correct her misstep. For the Minister for Media to refuse when asked would she counsel that licence payers would pay their licence and to prevaricate in that fashion is remarkable and she should take the first opportunity to correct it. The Taoiseach's position there was very equivocal uh, as well. And, you know... Certainly, we have a lot of high-minded rhetoric about the commitment to public service broadcasting and we're prepared to talk the talk. But the time has come now where we can't any longer put off whether or not we're prepared to walk the walk. And I would say this about politicians. The uh, committees have done some very good work in extracting information that the public need to know. And uh, many of its members have acquitted themselves uh, well. Others, a a a small minority, the less said about their grandstanding, the better. But politicians need to be careful about overstepping the mark here. There is a thin line between accountability and public flogging. And yes, the so-called executive board must be made accountable, but... A public flogging is alien to our culture and politicians need to be careful that we don't rue the day when they sit back and enjoy the spectacle uh, of the humiliation of RT, which is richly merited, but which we just have to get up uh, and get on with the job. Okay, thank you for that, Pat Rabbit. Uh, Minister Peter Burke of Fine there's a lot in that scene-setting piece there from Pat Rabbit, but maybe first to go to Minister Catherine Martin. Pat Rabbit has called it a misstep asked her maybe to come out clarify what what did you make of it yesterday 
Well, I understand that she has clarified it subsequently that she's issued a statement on it. Uh, I think it has to be very clear, encouraging people to abide by the law. It's uh, the law of the land. And we saw that in relation to the reference uh, a judge has made in the last uh, number of days. But still, the sentence was handed down to the individual in question. And that's why it is the law of the land. And it's very important that RT is supported through the licence fee. So absolutely, we will be very clear in the obligation to pay your licence fee. Okay. Can I ask you then about Pat Rabbit's critique there on um, the government's performance on reviewing, remodelling, reconsidering the licence fee? Um, He accused the government of sitting on its hands. How would you respond to that? I think... There's a lot of merit in what he has said. Uh, I know uh, from being in government there are so many competing interests when you're trying to run a government at every hand's turn and obviously when a crisis like this hits in its full-blown capacity that it has over the last uh, number of weeks, it puts it under the microscope. And I think the Taoiseach has been very firm in terms of his commitment and he was reiterating that at our parliamentary party meeting on Wednesday night that he will deal with it under this government and obviously the sooner the better in relation to that. But the process that's underway now, I do think we do need to find out exactly what has happened here and that's why I would welcome Minister Martin taking her decision and sending in a forensic accountant to get to the truth quickly because uh, we really need to see all the confusion that we've seen in the last uh, number of days, what has actually happened in RTE, but underscoring that we absolutely value our public service broadcasting. And I see in my portfolio, as you go around to different territories, where that does not exist, where there's a gap, there's obviously a huge erosion of democracy and democratic backsliding is absolutely rife. And so to be clear, based on what the Taoiseach has said this morning, are we going to see now a twin track process where the inquiries are going to play out get questions to everything that has been asked of Orgy over the last couple of weeks, but also the government now reviewing the actual model for funding Orgy, reviewing the Media Commission's proposals in the past, maybe going back looking at a 2013 proposal from Pat Rabbit on a, on a charge. Is that what's going to happen now? I think there's very significant momentum behind trying to reform RTE now. Obviously, we want to get to the truth pretty quickly because there are a number of issues Firstly, the confusion in the way the boards are constituted. I think the level of accountability and the lines of accountability are very blurred uh, between uh, both boards. And secondly, the myriad of related party transactions that seem to be at play uh, in these organisations between various different agents needs to come out. I think that has to come out and people have to be aware of that. But we are very clear as a government that we will uh, reform uh, RTE and I have no issue uh, with the hybrid model that currently exists. I have no issue uh, with any charges that uh, commercial activity compromise public service broadcasting. I think when you have clear safeguards there to monitor output uh, and you have the guide rails as well to (coughs) ensure that it's ran properly and that's where we need to get. We need to find out and see the evidence before us to change. Marie Farrell of Sinn Féin to bring you in. The government uh, clearing up some of that confusion from Catherine Martin Uh, We have Peter Burke saying people must pay their licence fee. Where does Sinn Féin stand in advising people to pay their licence fee? Well, of course, we would advise people to pay their licence fee Um, at the end of the day. I think one thing that we've heard over the last number of weeks really is how difficult so many um, RTE workers have actually been treated. And we need to remember, first of all, I really firmly believe in public um, state broadcasting and the importance of that uh, public broadcasting. I mean, we're in this studio, we're on this show. We can't forget the, the fantastic work that Katie Hannon did in terms of the Women of Honour. That's one thing that stands out to me as to the real service um, of a strong um, uh, public state broadcaster. Uh, 
of course people are extremely angry and I understand why they're angry and it's this culture and this concept that um, you know this kind of insider culture that, and there's absolutely no space for that kind of an in- insider culture. Uh, we also, when we hear these lavish things that were done um, for certain clients and that, you know, people are angry because they're thinking, is our um, money being spent on that? And we have to be very clear that there cannot be a situation where public money and licence fee money is, pay- is spent on that kind of um uh, on that kind of lavish lifestyles for certain individuals when at the same time we have a situation where we've heard from RTE workers how poorly they've been treated. How should it be funded? Should it be the dual model that is currently implemented in RTE? Should it be something akin to the property tax where there's a charge, people log on, they pay it, if they don't pay it, it, it comes out. Otherwise... I, I- I think, okay, so I, I think there's a few things. First of all, I think we actually really need to see, well, first of all, we've been calling for this forensic accountant to come in ASAP. That needs to happen and we need to see what comes out of that, first of all, right? We also need to look at the conclusion of the different reports. It'll be interesting as well to see how committees go. I think at the moment, the way there's six a, months then? Will it be before we hear Sinn Féin's position on well, what you should be let, the Actually, let me finish okay. the sentence. So I do think that um, well, the way there's this kind of dual model at the moment, um, I think obviously what needs to be very important is when there is that kind of a dual model that we ensure that there's actually corporate governance, that there's strict oversight um, and that it can't, you know, impact um, on how the, the broadcaster works. But there is, of course, a need for the, the public funding. There's a need for the, the licence fee. But all of that needs to be very clear that that money is not spent on that kind of corporate lavish lifestyle that we have seen from RTE and only from that insider culture from that very But top. you would retain, but, but with oversight and governance, but you would retain the current model of commercial funding and a public licence fee. Well, I, I think at the moment, it, it, at the way it's working at the moment, we just need to make sure that there is this, this very strict oversight and governance. But we will have to see what comes out of this forensic accountant report. Let's be frank about that. We will need to look at that. Padder Tobin of Into to bring you in. Would you scrap the licence fee? What's your position? Yes, we would scrap the licence fee. We would uh, fund or to e through taxation. Um, you know, there's talks about a, a the licence fee or, or another charge being brought in. Everybody knows here that that's simply not going to be political, politically possible. We know that. There's no point in even mess and pretending, you know, that we're going to bring about a, a, a another charge on people who are suffering in the cost of living crisis. Secondly, you know, tax actually, you know, takes it, it's progressive. So those who earn more pay more, and therefore it's fairer in relation to people's uh, spending. You know, the the, the out. The outcome uh, over the last week for me uh, is the issue of accountability. Uh, I believe that it's incredibly important that we have some accountability for what's happened uh, over the last number of weeks. Ireland is generally an accountability-free zone, in my view. Uh, We often, you know, have these... uh, you know, massive public, you know, thrashings, if you like, but nobody actually gets, there's no cost for anybody at the end. And, you know, we have a system here where there was an an absolute breakdown in governance. Either people were not asking the correct questions uh, or people in some cases were were involved in covert uh, elements uh, of deals. So the idea that uh, uh, payments to individuals in the COVID crisis, when everybody else was being told to tighten their belt, were being hidden as consultancy fees is just absolutely incredibly wrong. So, you know, I don't believe that the the executive board or the overseeing board's positions are tenable. And I I would say you'd struggle to find any other citizen 
uh, in the 32 counties of Ireland who would agree that they are tenable positions at the moment. And I do think the government has to get to grips with that. And I do know, I understand Backhurst is seeking to yep, reconstitute. The, the new director general is starting on Monday. He has talked about reconstituting reconstitute. that executive board. We have to wait to see what does that actually mean. We do. But the government has a role in this as well because the minister is the, the line manager in the end of the day to the, the, the chair of the board of RTE. And in many ways, you know, I think that minister has been sitting on the sidelines in, in relation to a lot of this rather than actually making sure that we have uh, accountability. That has, that has to happen. Now, in, in relation to RTE, I do think we have to ask the question, what is RTE for? You know, we, we have a very concentrated media uh, spectrum at the moment uh, in Ireland. We need more diversity. I do believe there's a need for public service and I do believe the need, there's a need for strong RTE um, uh, public service broadcasting. Um, but I also believe that the media has changed so much in terms of social media, in terms of the internet, that we actually need to take this time to plan for a changed environment into the future. Next week, uh, Peter Burke of Finnegale, we will hear from Ryan Turberty, we'll hear from his agent. We did... Um, request both in terms of commentary here. Uh, we did not get responses to our queries. We'll hear from both over six hours with two committees next week. What are the key two, three questions you would like to hear asked and answered? I think particularly for the agent, I think we need to see what the related party transactions that are involved with RT, with the Contra or Barter account that's in existence and as well a separate company which he obviously contracts particular presenters engaging uh, in their uh, work here in RT. There seems to be a very confusing uh, blurred line uh, in relation to that. So I think that's very significant. Uh, also we need total disclosure of the substance of the transactions that have happened. It seems to me from coming from an accountancy background that the movement on a lot of these accounts has been recorded but the substance the actual transactions that have happened have not been recorded and that's very significant. We need to get to the truth of that. So we just need full disclosure uh, frank responses but I do think what needs to happen next week as well is that uh, the new Director General needs to listen to the staff uh, in RT. I think that's going to be a very important exercise because you can imagine what ordinary researchers, workers, staff here in this organisation are going through over the last number of weeks. So it's important to listen to their concerns as he charts a pathway forward and engages with government as well I, next I week. I think this civilised discussion though shows the difficulty confronting uh, you know, government and everybody else about the future of public service broadcasting. When Pather argues that it should go to taxation, that would reduce RT to being an arm of government and it would be unconscionable in my view. But last year, Pat, I, I also, let, I'll, I'll let you in. I, I also think the, the, the culture review, and nobody is going to change the culture overnight. The culture review is very important because I think it's driving some of the anger, uh, uh, justifiably uh, anger amongst the, the workforce. Um, you know, the, the notion of an officer class and others on reasonable modest to reasonable incomes who find uh, to their surprise that assurances and guarantees were given to the highest paid in the organisation. It'll take some time to turn that around. But fundamentally, uh, we can't lose sight of the main objective, which is that we must protect 
public service broadcasting in the interest of the character of our democracy. OK, Padre Tobin, on that specific yeah. point about taxation and making uh, government and just an arm then of media and the two being interlocked. It's already happening. So last year, the government did have to top up the, the money that came from the um, the licence anyway. So the government is already in that situation. Um, and I, I, I also believe that uh, there's, there's a situation that we need to start to look at all other semi-states uh, to make sure that they're being governed properly. We need to look at the, the, the six billion euros that's going into NGOs to make sure that the taxpayers' money is being spent properly. We want these organisations to function productively and positively. But, you know, RTE has sounded a warning now at this stage that we need to make sure this is not happening anywhere else. Mairead Farrell, to bring you back in of Sinn Féin, what do you want to hear asked and answered next week? Well, I actually think it's going to be incredibly interesting to hear um, from both of them because the reality is with the absence of D Forbes obviously um, being able to come in front of um, the committee, it's really going to be interesting to see how this came about. Was there anybody else um, involved? Um, is this something that had happened previously? Why was the situation that it was just for this one individual? So I think it's going to be very interesting. It will be obviously a gruelling day on Tuesday for those um, involved asking those questions and I'm sure that a lot will come out. I'm hoping that there's going to be a little bit more clarity because I don't know about anybody else but I feel that there's so much information coming out nearly every single minute of every single day and it's drip feed, drip feed, drip feed that, and there's this kind of idea of like well I didn't know, I didn't ask the question and when you're talking about public funds like that just isn't good enough. So Hopefully there's going to be a lot more clarity, but like people are really angry out there about this and they're right to be angry because their trust in that leadership has been completely and utterly eroded. Pat Rabbit, to bring you back in, Kevin Backhurst, as we mentioned, starts as Director General of Orsi on Monday. You know him, I think, from your time as Minister. He was formerly Director of News and Current Affairs. Do you think we'll see fast decision making from him? Do you think there's a playbook, a business model that he'll be able to execute on quickly to rebuild trust? Well, I think he's a good choice for the job. How quickly he can make fundamental decisions, you know, in a context of the number of inquiries that are underway, you know, he certainly, there is a challenge there. I mean, the executive board, for example, he can deal with immediately because uh, there is no such thing as an executive board. This is the senior management uh, self-appointing an executive board that apparently doesn't have minutes doesn't take collective decisions that operates in silos. So there are decisions like that that he can make and he can also, uh, you know, uh, improve morale amongst the workforce who do the difficult work for the organisation, sometimes inadequately resourced and on modest incomes. And then they find that this kind of entitlement uh, is approved at the top of the organisation. So I think he will do a lot to restore morale uh, quickly and I think there are some decisions he can take. But I mean, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember any organisation subject to a half a dozen uh, inquiries and when the fundamental issue is the issue of deceit, who made the decision and why did the beneficiary acquiesce in it? Peter Burke of Fine Gael, will Kevin Backers enjoy the support of government from Monday to make decisions? Absolutely. And I think he deserves that opportunity to do that. As I said, to come in, listen to so many of the employees here in RT, make those key decisions. And as Pat was saying, you know, it's very unusual even to use the term executive board when you have a governance structure like RT. The board, the real board is accountable for the decision making. And then you would obviously have your senior management team and 
even hearing so many committees from your remuneration committee not even meeting on several occasions. It's a very, very confusing model for people. So I think he will absolutely get the backing of government to make these key changes here. 